Welcome everyone to No Investment Advice Episode 2. Uh, we've got Trung, Trung fan here. What's going on, dude? I'm good, man. Uh, right for the hustle. Elon Musk, maybe best friend. It's, uh, You're the it's 105th, 105th <laughs> most replied to person from Elon Musk. So. Yeah, if anybody wants to see it, my, uh, my cousin pulled a, a, a spreadsheet of all the most uh, replied to Twitter accounts for Elon, and I'm number 105. I'm actually right under Kathy Wood. Um, uh, I should pull it. I'll, I'll post it. People won't believe it. Anyways, uh, that's me, Trung. And then uh, obviously we've we got Jack. Jack, Jack Butcher at Visualize Value. What's happening, dude? Good to be here, gents. Glad to be back. All right. Just to, just to give some ground rules or housekeeping, if this is the first time you're listening to not investment advice, uh, don't listen to anything we say and invest on it. <laughs> it's a very literal name. It's in uh, the name. <laughs> yeah, it's literally in the name. We talked to our lawyers and they said that clears us from any wrongdoing in any facet of life just by calling it not investment advice. Um, so listen, the reason why we're talking here now, it's episode three of a podcast or non-podcast. It might be our last episode. We haven't decided yet. But uh, Jack Butcher runs a business called Visualize Value and uh, uh, TLDR sells courses about using visuals to convey information. And he also runs a number of other uh, Twitter handles, uh, just some are general interest. One is for a meme account. And uh, if anybody is not in the Twitter sphere, uh, they probably didn't know or see from Jack's account, but uh, Twitter basically rolled in and took away all his accounts other than his personal account, which is insane uh, because Everybody that is probably listening to this or, or is even interested in what we're talking about wants to build a business on the internet or knows people building businesses on the internet. So Jack, you had literally, and you posted in your tweet, your life's work essentially taken away from you or your current life's work. Right. You right. have a kid that's less than three months old and your entire business was wiped by Twitter. So you yeah. are a perfect case <laughs> of building on a rented platform. So can mm. you tell us what happened and literally your, your initial thoughts when it happened, like, were you like, holy shit, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, what went through your mind? Yeah. Your description of it is, is way more dramatic than how I reacted to it, but it is okay. a very fair description. <laughs> it's, it's like, it was one fell swoop. The, um, it is this like the flagship asset in the business really like everything comes through that it's uh where you know where all of the content goes through it does like i don't know 20 million impressions a week or something and it just switched off like that and obviously it's just taken a hell of a lot of time and energy to build it to that point when i when i got the email i was like i don't know i don't, I, I i was a shocked but also like I guess I thought, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to resolve this or maybe I'll be able to get it back. And, uh, and then it started to sink in and I posted it and a few people were like, oh yeah, good luck happened to me. Like I have my uh, <laughs> 2 million uh, follower account just deleted. And a few- Wait, some, somebody with a million followers told you that they had got wiped? Yeah, a few people text me who have like decent sized Twitter followings and have built a lot of businesses on- uh, on social platforms and they're like yeah the twitter policy is like it's really tight like it's really hard to get these things reversed uh and sent me screenshots of emails that they had and stuff i was like okay so i was like kind of um uh 
resigning myself to the fact that this thing isn't coming back. And it was a very quick, uh, what are the cycles of grief? Oh, like acceptance, grief. Okay. So hold on here. Just to really frame it, you, your business did seven figures last year. Mm -hmm. If you did not have this Twitter account for 2021, how much money would you potentially lose? It's hard to say. I think if my personal account would have gone, I'd have been at zero. Oh, like you're, you're done. That's crazy. Yeah. That's where all your traffic comes from. Comes from Twitter pretty much. Yeah. 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 And, um, I've had like small email lists, but Twitter has just been, uh, you know, over indexed on it for sure. How, how big's your, how big's your email list? Uh, 17,000. Yo, people subscribe to this man's email list. This is, he's got a kid for God's sake. Yo, what's the email? What's the email? Is it visualizedvalue.com? Uh, uh, no, visualizedvalue.substack.com. So some more platform risk. Oh my. <laughs> Even more platform risk. Hey guys, hold on. I, I know Bilal's talked about this. I mean, Bilal's a creator economy guy, but I mean, we need to th- talk about the Naval tweet from 2019, right? <laughs> building a following on Twitter is building a castle out of sand yeah, as yeah, the implacable tide shifts in and out. I mean, this is literally, what's funny with Jack is he made all the graphics for the Navalmanac, which is basically a collection of yeah. Naval, Naval-isms that Eric, uh, how do you say Eric's last name? Jorgensen? Jorgensen, I think. Yeah, yeah Jorgensen. Yeah. So, man, dude, that's fucking ironic, man. I don't know if it's ironic. And, but and I think Trung as well, to add Jack, pretty much, I remember when we did our first interview, you pretty much made the big change in your business because of that tweet storm, right? Like that yeah. tweet storm, well, one of the, it wasn't the only reason, but it was one of the, the oh, triggers that you're like, bolt. okay, let's talk about it. Leo. Let's yeah. talk about, I love this. So we need to pull in because the Val's basically saying, don't build on Twitter. If you want a sustainable business, he says blogs, podcasts, newsletters, open web, you own it. Right. Um, so, but Naval also helped you or, or, or catalyzed you to do visualized value. So how, how did that happen? Like, I'd love you to talk through that. Yeah. Um, I think the exposure to the way technologists think about uh, product and networks was just something that I didn't really encounter in my career before reading that. So right. uh, advertising world, it's like brute force, go out and meet people win clients, take them out for a stake and beg them to pay you something. No leverage. Yeah. And then that I just kind of discovered those ideas all linked together. And maybe the most profound was just um, do the work and the network will emerge, right? If you create the work, then the work will build a network. And Twitter is just the I mean, there's an inherent advantage to Twitter because you can connect to people and basically piggyback off their network right. if, if you can plug in and get them to amplify the message. Like so, I'm hopping on your guys' network. I'm, I'm riding Jack's <laughs> coattails like nobody's business. Nobody knows this, but I'm not saying that I didn't email Twitter the morning that your Twitter account got taken down. <laughs> Jack at Twitter.com. Go on email yeah. from Trump. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, like all of those ideas definitely catalyzed the visualized value business. And I don't know if that platform risk stuff was in there originally, but that's been like, I think part of the conversation for maybe the last, I mean, popularized by the Trump ban thing yeah. right? and just like totally like in the zeitgeist now. And you're like, oh, you know, if I'm not tweeting anything political or I'm not, you know, enraging any particular group, then I should be all right. Uh, but yeah, these like algorithmic suite, there's no warning. It's just like, boom, you're done. It's and, unreal, uh, man. The only reason, honestly, 
that it came back is because I've been building an audience, I think, and like networking with people in the technology world. So there's a bunch of people that either worked at Twitter or knew somebody at Twitter that reached out and said like, let me escalate it. But if I'd have been a, you know, meme page from, from somewhere that maybe didn't have that like connection to the technology community, then I don't know if it would have been resolved. But you're, you're one degree removed from Jack. I mean, you really are right. Just from, from the Jack people Dorsey. you know. Yeah. yeah. Not that he's making this decision, right? He's not, yeah, I mean, they're not going to escalate this to him, right? He's getting the Trump file. He's not getting <laughs> yeah. the Jack Butcher file. No. But uh, but having said that, uh, well, I actually wanted to say something about uh, your realization of Naval. And it actually, it's a little bit tangential, but I'll do this super quickly. But I also realized something from Naval's tweet storm too. Uh, and it's exactly like you said. It's how technologists think about kind of media. And uh, so I wasn't an engineer, right? Like I, I kind of like, you know, when engineers were just the hottest things ever, social network comes out, everybody's just minting money in the early 2010s being a software engineer. I mean, Bilal, you must know a million software engineers just laughing, right? Working two hours a week, making like a mill. <laughs> uh, but like Naval just says, man, you can, like, if you're good at media, it's almost the equivalent of being a, a like a, a top tier engineer, right? Because you can work for any organization. If you're a top tier software engineer, you can literally work for any company in the world, right? And uh, especially if you're full stacking, you do everything. It doesn't matter what company you work at, you can solve a problem for them. Media and attention is the same thing. If you can aggregate attention and know how to use the media cycle and, and, and are very good at it, you can literally work for any industry, right? And that was just, that was actually my takeaway from Naval. And um, um, I mean, Bilal, Yo, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I was going to say, did you hear about the dude who had a job at Google and Facebook at the same time? They, he was no, working remotely. <laughs> so it's kind of a crazy story. But yeah, just the tangential point as well. That is like, I think we went through the 2010s where startups kind of took over the world. And then those startups became Facebook. And, you know, obviously Google wasn't really a startup by that point. And yeah, we had this kind of big surge and everyone's like, oh, we need engineers. And of course, that's still the case. But you're right. Like the difference is not everyone can code. Everyone can write, but not everyone can write well. Not everyone yeah. can use the platforms well. So I think you two obviously good examples of this where you've taken your skills, but you've put in so many reps by this point that you're literally tweeting like 20 times a day. And right. uh, by the time you've done it thousands of times, you find your voice, you find something that sticks. Um, but that's the thing. I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, great. Like I can go and do that. But then they don't necessarily realize the work that it takes. So yeah. I think like Jack with you, like you said, it was literally years of time spent mm -hmm. into this. It was all day for several years. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's a pretty crazy, crazy turnaround. So just to, just to summarize where we're at, you got wiped, woke up your entire business other than your personal account is wiped. Yeah. And you're like, shit, this is crazy. You go through the cycles of grief, acceptance, all that. And then you start pinging out people, you know, they're helping, they're escalating it. And during this time, you are thinking though, like, I mean, what is it? You're just like, I'm just have to run everything through my personal. Is this what it was going yeah, to Yeah, yeah. I think um, like I have the assets offline and the, the amazing thing was like, because like this event could actually play favorably right it's that the attention hasn't <laughs> right hasn't dissipated it's like it's just changed forms almost so everybody right, right, right. Was, i think the crossover between visualized value and the, the, my personal account has to be you know up there 50 percent, something like that so it would have been a loss of like pure reach but the story and the like the um i think the 
yeah, the story is maybe the best way to say it is like that could that could be channeled into the energy that was lost from- Well, you're doing it right now, right? Like you're going to be making an NFT. I'm sure you are. Are you? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, you, you, put, you put one out, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> so like- That was actually pretty, they look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was just a screenshot of your um, paid suspended. But for some reason, it still looks good. Like, I think you put a little shadow and it's like, yeah, it's called decentralized. And I'm like, okay, anyone who's been following your stuff knows you're already into this stuff. But this was like the final nail so in the coffin, it feels like. You're real, yeah, exactly. Like, you are, I mean, you, you're becoming the poster child for, you know, platform risk in a way, just because you built such a successful business. I mean, you know, there are others, right? Like, uh, I interviewed um, uh, the lady that started uh, The Shade Room, which is like one of the most, popular Instagram accounts. It has mm. more followers than uh, uh, CNN, BuzzFeed, and like a bunch of other media things combined. I think it's like 25 million Instagram followers. Wow. Her name's Angie Noandu. And uh, she basically went through the same thing with Instagram. She built an account, which was a, a, a African-American celebrity focused account from zero to 500,000 Instagram wiped. And this is the amazing thing. She like, to Jack's point, she didn't know anybody at IG. She couldn't call somebody up and try to get back. She built it again from scratch. Wow, that's crazy. Dude, this is so, think about that. Yeah. Look, if you, dude, if I built something up to you, if I built something up to 20,000 and I got wiped, I ain't going back. I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done, dude. I'm like, yeah. If I built to 200 followers and it gets wiped, yeah, I'm like, man, man, that was a good run. I'm off Twitter forever, man. So she goes from zero to 500,000, wiped. It starts again from scratch. Um, but yeah, it got, I mean, I think Jack's going down the line. I mean, he's an example, a very, very salient example of this. Well, well I think also, another, go, go on, go on, Jack. I was just going to say, there's another like piece to it that on the surface, it looks like this very cut and dry thing. But that example that you talked about, I bet you the 500,000 were near enough the same people because the, the brand and the idea still exists in the collective consciousness, right? It's just right. this asset to actually attach yourself to it is temporarily gone. Yeah. So you definitely lose traction, but the amazing thing about it is like, wow, this is like, this is bigger than the Twitter URL that holds it. Like you could figure out another way to get it somewhere right. and people will come. Um, yeah. And, and to your point, like, I would call BS on the fact that you wouldn't start again, Trung, because you just like you'd be able to get you'd be able to get way back. If you're getting well, that I mean, dopamine hit, yeah, five a.m. close to where you were in a short amount right. of time, and the story is compelling too. Well, you might just find me on LinkedIn. I might just become the biggest <laughs> LinkedIn influencer. Well, dude, well, let, let me, Jack. Let me ask you for. Uh, I mean, are you gonna? Are you gonna go all in on BitCloud? Is this the end game here? <laughs> my, are yeah, you my, going all in on own platforms? Like, what what are you gonna do? What's what are you doing now? This happened to you. You got wiped. Blogs. No, you know, I had like a an irrational moment. I'll send you the screenshot. Maybe we could put it up. Where I was like, I'm starting my own platform. I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who did you starting you Twitter? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, I, mean, I mean, dude. To be honest, you should just. I mean, Jack Dorsey needs to talk yeah. to Jack Butcher. But Jack wants to be decentralized, right? <laughs> he has a he has a program. It's right, called Bluebird, I think. Blue right? Or something. Yeah, yeah Bluebird, Blue Sky. But it's just like I think way beyond when you actually start to think about the implications of decentralized social and like social on the blockchain. You're gonna be sitting in Congress in ten years with five hundred cameras. <laughs> Try to explain what it is. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you've destroyed civilization. How do you how do you plead? No, like, wait. Uh, 
I feel so when I saw his decentralized kind of Twitter idea, right? It's just like he doesn't want to have to censor people. That's ultimately right. it's too difficult, right? It's a non-scalable thing. So he's like, I'm just gonna provide the protocol, which is what everybody's been telling him to do forever. Everybody can just set up their own social networks, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just gonna be a bunch of little small WhatsApp groups or like small chats, right? It's like they're gonna be the equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, you're right. It'll well, probably think, destroy well, one thing probably to destroy add society. To, <laughs> yeah. The one thing to add, I'd say, is though that we kind of because i'm all for decentralization overall and it's definitely a big trend we're moving towards this decade but i think we also realize when stuff like this happens that like there is some reason they exist in the first place right like even though they're doing an imperfect job of it like there's the policing that happens there's like because one one side of that is censorship which we don't want uh, and then the other side is like, okay, bots completely taken over the platform. And you could argue that kind of already happened anyway. But, you know, it would be even worse if there was no policing. So I guess it's like, how does a decentralized alternative exist, but still protect against those things, which I don't know the answer. If I, if I did, I wouldn't be here with you two. But, <laughs> two words, Bit cloud cloud. The job. <laughs> I think I think like one of the things, like one of the attributes of BitCloud is like you put some economic incentive wrapped yeah. up in it and that does change the behavior, right? If people just like post nonsense or garbage or like stuff that nobody wants to see, it just gets filtered out of existence by the fact that nobody wants to pay for it. Yeah. And, but it also is a huge throttle for like getting your auntie to set up a BitCloud account. It's like, I'm not paying for this, you know? Like that. that is a huge, I think we massively underestimate the or sorry overestimate the percentage of the population that is ready to like put a freaking bitcoin address into oh the, yeah 100 percent right well, i mean people don't even want to press skip on a youtube ad which is free <laughs> like in five seconds i mean the, and there's there's literally a ten dollar alternative to, yeah. to just yeah. pay for no ad yeah exactly bro oh, hold on a second oh that's so funny man uh I just want to follow up because I, I know there's another element about Jack's story that I, I don't. I want to make sure that we touch on. But Jack, you have a theory about what happened here. So without poking the bear, what is your theory about what happened with all your accounts? Why they got wiped? What's the end game here? Who's the Vietnamese Canadian behind it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what. A few conspiracy theories were floated to me. Uh, somebody wants the value handle to do something with it. I worked at Bloomberg for a little while, a few years ago, and they managed to get at business. And, you know, there's no way that somebody wasn't sitting on that. Right. I think it, I don't, you know, it's very far-fetched where it's like somebody wants to handle. So let's like cloak this into some, because there is some overlap of like visual, there's like an aesthetic overlap. There's a name overlap there. So, you know, I buy the fact that, it got flagged by an algorithm, but um, I think uh, the way it, the way it's like not as fairly treated is like think of it an ESPN or a Barstool or CNN. They got yeah. fifteen different accounts that retweet each other and interact with each other, and it's a media uh, network, right? And that was a theory that I've been trying to, uh, you know make real for a long time and it's like you have these associated you have like a house of brands and they all interact and they have a relationship with one another their network but i think it's a weird space to be as twitter to determine what is and what isn't overlapping or because the content is different it's just like there's a visual consistency between them or there's like a mental 
uh, like the, the areas in which you're touching on content wise are similar, but the formats are different. And, and I don't know, I think that's just a, like a weird call to be able to make, but at the same time, it's their platform. They built it. I'm under no illusion that like, right. I have any sway over that. So I'm just like, thanks for giving me back. the. Well, other let's one. think about, I mean, if you actually, let, let's talk about first principles of their policy, right? So their policies are, and, and it sounds like it all came from the same email. So there's one, email address like one umbrella has all these handles right let's let's grant them that so if you were to implement a algorithm with easy filters it'd be like okay how many accounts are linked to one email yeah and what the fuck are they spouting i mean that that sounds like 101 how to find a russian like uh anti uh biden campaign right it's yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is like that would be a very simple i mean do you guys kind of agree with that yeah I, as a premise i think that makes sense but the one thing i'd say is that hopefully a human at some point saw this and was like right, oh, right, right. Call. but originally it's obviously the algorithm um but like one of the things that i was thinking is like jack's stuff you're like one of the examples of someone that they should be wanting to promote like you're literally creating stuff from scratch you're you're like building stuff you're making stuff from scratch whereas you know a lot of people just post other people's stuff and even that i don't think is a problem that's part of social media but it's like you're literally starting from a blank screen and making turning ideas into visual well it's not just ideas. that he's building a business on twitter yeah, like yeah. jack is it's mr true. creator right he's mr square he's mr twitter we just acquired title like he's totally <laughs> moving into the creator that, economy no. guy world like and this is jack is like the poster well jack's a poster child for a lot of things now he's a poster child for nft excess he's a poster child <laughs> <Excess>. for, <laughs> for he's a poster child for platform risk and he's a poster child now for creator economy right uh well actually so i i wanted to drop this as a theory who would want to own at value charlie munger charlie Ooh. munger <laughs> charlie, charlie munger. munger's behind it yo charlie munger and uh, warren buffett just called up jack man like yo we're not liking you know el presidente on barstool going after us we need a handle yeah at value it makes sense man it makes sense we'll see that just keep your eyes on it keep refreshing that page you're gonna see some uh I mean, dude, that's a great conspiracy theory, dude. Whoever whoever rules out with value, it's gonna be like, I, hey man, what's happening? I have bro? a feeling. I think I know who it might be as well. And if people have listened to the last episode, which isn't out yet, so they haven't. <laughs> 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 but it will be by the time this is yeah, out. By the time we're listening to this. Oh, you got a name? Remember, well, remember Jack only follows two people. And there's probably remember he had a grudge with one person, so we called that, that person out last time oh. when we told them <laughs> and i think somehow they've heard about it and they're like all right we're taking this guy down let's just report from all these different is places his name is this does his they name rhyme with point of failure and they went out. marley yeah marley <laughs> hunger <laughs> Dude, can you imagine Another. if charlie munger rolled out with at value oh Another my god was um the only hidden reply underneath the tweet. So one of my friends who's like deep into the conspiracy theory, like, <laughs> hidden reply, hidden reply, look at this. And it was like, I bet you it's Jack wants to compete with at valuables, which is that Ethereum based, um, you know, the, th the infrastructure that made it possible to sell his first tweet is at valuables. So the theory is at value is going to be the Twitter. Yo, you don't got, you don't got beef with those guys, right? You're, you're no, kosher. No, no. Nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry, man, but like, 
I know people give conspiracy theorists a hard time, but dude, Kennedy was killed in a fucking conspiracy, man. Anything can happen. <laughs> if they could take out Kennedy, they could take out Jack Butcher's Twitter account. So Jack, tell me another thing, because when we when this happened, I was texting with you in the separate chat without Trung, and we yeah. were talking about how um yeah, like you were kind of riled up, understandably, right? Like I would be as well. But it felt like it was it wasn't like a straight up anger. It was like uh all right. I don't know how to react to that. I feel like you were just kind of in those stages that we talked about before where you just are like, all right, fuck it now. Like, I'm just yeah. going to have to do something completely different. Yeah, I think it like, it's very, it's hard to go back into that mentality now, but it is like, uh, you know, what if you do this for another year and you get it to five times the time, the size it is now, and then it just gets wiped like, out again. Oh like, my God. The, the, the it's kind of, I use this analogy with Celia. It's like, if you're in a relationship with someone and they uh, stray and then uh, they come back together <laughs> and expect you to act the same way. Right, around. right. Like, oh, that's a good one. A little bit, you know? Like, you, uh, so mm, are you- For an alternative right now. Well, I mean, can we talk, can we, can, we, can we talk about what you've thought about other than becoming a full-time NFT artist? What have you thought about <laughs> as an alternative to what happened? Well, I think uh, just hosting stuff uh, like, taking it off platform, but, it, uh, and pushing to it, you know, use the Twitter network to continue to like build, um, relationships with people, but start to diversify the, like where the assets live. So like owned blog or, um, even minting all of the stuff, right? Like it gives you, it gave me an idea instantly to be like, well, why would you not preserve every single thing you did with a timestamp on chain, whether or not that's something you auction or sell or whatever right. else it it's like, it legitimizes it right in the way that someone would be like, Oh, who gives this, who, who cares about the provenance of digital art, or you could just post it on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Like IPFS is like a decentralized file hosting program where, you know, you put something on chain it's there. There's the timestamp. There's the day it went up. There's the wallet address that signed it. Um, yeah, it's got me thinking about how can you publish to an owned platform somewhere, but also like think about the trend line of where people's attention is like trying yeah. to get somebody off a platform that is just loading content at you all day long, like yeah. trying to get somebody off into another platform is just mental hard right yeah i think yeah. email is maybe one platform sms is another way to think about it but to try and like own a media site of kind of sorts like without a massive team and effort to like drag people over there all the time is is difficult as hell I think. well i know really even that gone gone no i was just saying well i know jack is buddies with david perel and, and you know what david would be saying email man yeah. gotta get the email list my email subscribers are worth 10 times more than my Twitter subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's what he's telling you, right? Just, it's, it's also like the medium that I like to work in. Like I like the feed, the, the, uh, the, the feedback from Twitter and the, like, it feels weird to just send one image in an email. It's like, uh, yeah. do I need to like write 10 paragraphs here? Maybe it's not yeah. weird, but like, yeah. maybe it's an interesting way to do it because it's different, but, um, that's been, one of the hesitations or one of the reasons like email has never been a focus because it's like, oh, what other 
stuff can I write in this thing? I can't just send a friggin' JPEG out in an email, but maybe I can. Maybe you can. Maybe you should. Yeah. Well, what? give IG. How's your IG? Yeah, yeah. IG is already pretty big, right? It's 200k followers. Oh, it's even? huge. 230, yeah. Okay. And so, Jack, you tried the, the SMS thing for, for a little bit, right? Yeah. What What was your like take it's from cool, doing that you know the 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 thing that stopped the um thing that made me less excited about it is that there's you can't have embedded media it has to be a hyperlink out yeah so that's kind of shit obviously yeah. it's a visual thing and you give the you know it, it kind of comes in as this broken like here's a message and then here's a separate link to the media and it's some ugly url that they click out to which is fine but uh it's not it just it's just not yeah, it's as not elegant slick. as I'd like it to be. And that, that just puts me off doing it. Um, was that community? I, yeah, community, yeah. Hmm. Man, I find, uh, I know a lot of people are trying it and I get the pitch. It just, I can't get, I can't wrap my head around SMS, man. I don't think it's a good, I actually don't think it's a great platform to communicate with people in the sense yeah. that, the reason I don't think it's great is because, well, I'll, I'll just give you my experience so far. They suck, right? Like Chris, I'm on Chris Bosch's community SMS. Right, right. I've texted him over a hundred times, not a single reply. <laughs> 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 like, I will screenshot it. I'm like, hey man, Chris, just rewatch some of the YouTube highlights of game six, 2013. Amazing rebound That's in the hilarious. corner. Nothing. Yeah. Just total crickets. <laughs> and it's just him once a week. Like, hey, check out my new book. Or, hey, I just did this. I'm like, dude. Well, it just feels like promo by that point, right? Like, yeah, just, just answer yeah. one. Like, get your assistant to answer me. Like, pretend, right? And then if you're, if, if, if I'm doing it full time, like if I had, hey, guys, hit me up on community. Like, I want to fucking answer strangers on my phone. Like, yeah. get out of here. No, yeah. right? I mean, I do it on Twitter, but it's different. Like, SMS is like, I, I, I can't get, I can't wrap my head around it, man. I get it. I get the pitch. I can wrap my head around it. I think also you're probably thinking from your, I mean, I definitely agree. There aren't many, I can't actually think of any examples where they're doing it well, but I would say that I don't know if that's just because of text or that's because of how they're doing it right now. Or like right. the way Jack just said there, like that's a shit experience, right? Like click through community dot Jack butcher, whatever. It's like, who wants to do that? But like, yeah, maybe that evolves over time. I think the other thing I've seen is like WhatsApp in the rest of the world, especially outside of the U S is a little bit better or like some people use telegram but I, I don't love that either but like the difference there is it does kind of come through in like a community it feels a bit more like a group chat because it is right, right. but it's um so something that maybe feels a little bit more like that like and i was in the middle east for this business thing a couple of years ago and i was um speaking to some people there and they said that the night before they had literally bought a washing machine on whatsapp and i was like what are you talking about it's the most random thing i've ever right, heard right, right. but it's like that's so i'd say like for commerce there's definitely some stuff where it can really work obviously if you're a shop owner you get like 100 percent deliverability and open rates are much higher all that shit but like yeah i think as an individual like the way we do it it's a, it's a little bit different we need to talk about how Bilal just said I was in the Middle East doing business. And how <laughs> <that> sounded. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> just the most. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was in the Middle East doing business. Just you know, buying whoa, barrels. What, the fuck? what were you doing? What business were you nah, doing? Was, were you selling wish... missiles? <laughs> yeah, I, I was in Riyadh. I was selling missiles in Riyadh. <laughs> 
like it was it was a lot more boring no it was it was fun i was in kuwait i was uh, i was teaching digital marketing uh, to some startup incubator thing there it was it was pretty fun <laughs> but yeah the most random <laughs> yeah that's what i was doing it was it was pretty fun i'll probably go and do it again in like dubai maybe how, Lebanon. The, how was the food in kuwait what were you eating? oh incredible yeah it was like the foodie capital of of that region so what, um, what were we eating? Like what was the, what was breakfast? Oh, like they they eat everything. They like just have so much international food. So just like literally any sort of cuisine. I mean, and the local food, like I had some of it, but uh, it was honestly just like every single type of cuisine in the world. There. Like, what's a what, what's a local Kuwaiti food? Honestly, I, it was like what you'd probably expect, like rice and and meat and stews and stuff like that. So Delicious. yeah, it's just like yeah, it's it's all good. Anything, yeah. I mean, Middle East has pretty good food. Oh, I fuck um, with the Middle East for food, man. Yeah. So yeah, do was there anything else on on Jack's part we want to wrap up with that or what, how are you feeling now, man? Like you feeling? Yeah. Relieved? How you feeling, dude? We're back, man. I I um, a lot of mental energy being expended on the anti fragility plan right now. What? Okay. So can can you uh, can you reveal anything? The comeback? Can you reveal the phoenix rising up from the ashes or, or you want to keep a little surprise? No, I mean, I think it's going to be a slow and steady. I don't think there's going to be any flashbang fireworks, like just, just being a bit more uh, thoughtful about uh, making more permanent connections, not relying on the singles point of failure. Right. I've got to try that email thing. Uh, also, I don't know, maybe a web-based version is worth experimenting with. I, I always view this stuff through the lens of my behavior. And it's like the last, I don't have like website bookmarks. I don't know about you guys. Like I don't go and be like, not really don't scroll through this website today yeah. and read what's new Twitter or discord, or I'm on zoom or Gmail. Like, yeah, and if it's not on an app for me, if it's not on an app, I find it very difficult. Like even BitCloud, like I was going on it in my browser on my mobile phone, but yeah. it was not very, it's, it takes ages to load. Um, so oh, yeah, I feel what, the same. Let me, actually, let me see what my BitCloud's at right now. <laughs> guys keep talking. I haven't checked it in like, weeks. I'm, I'm probably at zero now. One, uh, one, of, the, uh, one uh, of the like realizations I had recently is like, you're not competing with, um, you're not competing with content on twitter necessarily you're competing with the like twitter the app if that makes sense yeah like, it's like all of, it's all attention it's it's, it's like where people like spending their time and that's why you see long form on twitter that's what, like you know these people that post 80 tweets together as a blog because if they posted it as a blog <laughs> there he is yeah <laughs> yeah they posted it as a blog and put a link they would get five percent of the traffic and engagement on it and I don't know what the long-term ramifications of it are if your Twitter account gets shut off, but um, the incentives that Twitter has created is, is basically like killed blogging as a medium for a lot of people. I'm not saying everyone. Some people are still pumping out blog posts and more right. power to them. No, no, like, blah, yeah, blogs definitely got crushed by Twitter. It's just, uh, I mean, Ben Thompson, tech writer, writes about it. It's just like the feedback loop on Twitter is just so much faster, right? And uh and it's like you said, you're incentivized to do everything within the platform because they're crushing. If you put a link, you're fucking Yeah, if you done. put a link, we know that from even linking to the podcast. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like you just see the impression numbers are crazy different. So what, talking of that, like how would you guys place like podcasts specifically since we're now doing one? Because the way I've always described it is you get the benefits of like 100% deliverability kind of like email. So like, you know, it goes to the person's feed if they're subscribed and it's pretty much uninterrupted in most cases. It's not like an algorithm at the moment though that might change. 
but you don't own like the email address you know what i mean so it's not like you can just pull that out and take them somewhere else like have you guys thought about the rss RSS feed is almost as i mean it's not i wouldn't say comparable to only email is the the pyramid the top of the pyramid right yeah i mean the r owning an rss feed is super valuable i mean uh dan patrick from espn when he let he just left espn and one of the major talking points i think i think it was dan patrick but if it wasn't i can check it but long story short was he made waves because he left espn and negotiated rss feed and that's the entire value that's amazing right and like i mean yeah i think uh you're right. You're not going to be able to target at the same degree as an email, but our SS feed is super valuable. So, and so many interesting things with how Apple and I'm mean, ask, but I want to ask you Bilal, about it. Spotify is rolling out subscriptions. They're not charging uh, uh, creators of, I think for the first two years, uh, yeah. any cut Apple is charging 1999 just to subscribe, uh, have the option. And then they take 30% first year. Yes. Yeah, quite a lot. After. In your mind, you create a pretty successful podcast. What are yeah. you thinking about that? How are you approaching it? Are you going to turn it on? No, I'm not at the moment. And I I think it's cool that they're doing it. My general opinion on Apple and podcasts is like, it's never, it's clearly not been a priority for them. Yeah. And it's, they're so late with all of this stuff. Like obviously respect the company as a whole, but, and they really kind of like started podcasting in the form that we know it. But like, they just don't really care. Like the app is really, really shit. Like the experience is really slow. They don't really give you any analytics properly. Like they launched this thing called uh, like Apple Podcast Connect. You see some stuff, but it's like super basic and it doesn't even match up with my host numbers most of the time. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't, I think it's cool that you're doing it. It means the, the space is evolving, which is a good thing, but you know, they don't need $20. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they just, you know, and the 30% cut as well, that's like quite a significant cut. So, um, I don't know. I, I I think there's plenty of like I think Patreon has done a pretty okay job. I don't like their experience, but like I pay for lots of Patreons for podcasters, and I get that feed. Who? And who I, do you pay for? I've never paid for. I pay for I pay for Pomp's podcast, uh, but but he's well, it's not um, it's like an audio version of his email. Oh okay uh, so okay. I, I pay for that. I pay for like a couple Arsenal ones, uh, like a couple comedian ones as well. So yeah, and, I, and I like, every time you listen to a Pump podcast, you buy more Bitcoin, right? Oh yeah, every morning, every <laughs> that's my routine. I just get hyped up on on the day. But yeah, so I I like that approach. I like that most of it goes to the creator. Obviously, there's a cost to the platform, um, but I don't know. I, I think Apple, especially, like they conceive Spotify competing, and Spotify's done a pretty good job. Like they they're not. I think they can do a better job of like promoting smaller podcasts and helping with like um, algorithm stuff and like surfacing it, which I think they're working on. Right. Um, but that's the big thing. Like all of these mediums, the one percent are like the one percent, and everyone else is just having to fight for themselves. Like that's what, there's not that's really a way to dis- get discovered. About like what is there like an economic precedent for the distribution of attention this way, right? Because it does feel like top 1% can make a living off it. And everyone else is like, the amount of effort it takes to run a podcast, like it's a lot, right? You, you're putting in yeah. like it's a lot, so yeah. much prep work for every guest, like, you know, a couple of days a week. And if you're not like in a, in a um, if you don't have the flexibility to do that, is the juice worth the squeeze and how big yeah. does your podcast need to be to earn like a legit living yeah. off of it? It's a pretty Completely. interesting question. Well, I think yeah. uh, Hunter, I just want to say Hunter Walk, like one of the YouTube or early YouTube guys or uh, 
uh, investor now, I think mm-hmm. at Homebrew. He was just talking about like, you got to be a multi-skew creator, right? Like you got to have mm. many units. I mean, uh, like, well, look at Pump. It's a perfect example. He's got his Twitter. He's got his newsletter. He's got his podcast and he's an investor, right? He's got this whole umbrella that he's doing a million things under. And um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's just skews so hard, right? There's Rogan and then there's freaking like, even people with like crazy, like good numbers, like they're, it's difficult as hell to make a living. Uh, a next item on the agenda. So I don't want us to forget about it. Last episode, we talked about the shit ETF, the piece of shit ETF. We, uh, Bilal, Jack and I are going to invest uh, nothing crazy, a couple hundred bucks maybe thousands, eh, maybe tens of thousands. We haven't decided yet into uh, a portfolio of just the shittiest stocks ever. And uh, last week we, we determined that, uh, uh, that the cheesecake factory and Jack in the box and uh, another company called anti-technology. Uh, we only picked these uh, stocks because of the tickers. So that's cake, Jack and anti, uh, that'd be our shit ETF. Uh, we're mulling over whether or not to do that. But the other thing I wanted to propose is I got a, uh, uh, the funniest, one of the funniest uh, parody accounts on Twitter. They're writing an article for the Hustle. Uh, that's a uh, Parekh Patel CFA. You guys Beast. are definitely seen this thing. Uh, yeah, he's great. Or the guy that, uh, or the guy that uh, Chamath calls a uh, father. So, yeah, it's uh, Chamath's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so Chamath's dad, right? It's just the funniest running for anybody that's the uninitiated. Uh, it's a parody account of a uh, of an Indian uh, uh, financier named uh, Parekh Patel. And uh, it's just hilarious. It went from zero to 260,000 followers in like six months. And uh, it got really popular on Wall Street bets, like during the GameStop insanity. And, and Chamath, the billionaire investor, literally just replies to every one of uh, Patel's tweets with like, thanks, dad, or hey, dad, what do you think about this? So just hilarious, right? But anyways, he just wrote an article for us about uh, five shit coins, uh, Jesus coin, garlic coin, is this real garlic coin yeah so i'm oh thinking so we have two options here uh i we're probably just going to pull the trigger because of the cadence of the publishing but we either do our <laughs> shit etf which is on meme stock names so that'd be cake jack and auntie which all have like uh, english idioms like you know eat your cake uh jack it up uh get jacked and anti up uh, or we go with Patel, who's just a fucking legend. And oh, we, we just both. buy. Yeah. Oh, we do both. Yeah. Oh, we do both. Let's, let's see which one works better. Well, let, let's be honest. We, we know, we know Butcher probably owns all these anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know Butcher's a uh, uh, shit coin allocation. Actually, Bilal, you were saying last I week. I got a couple. I got a couple to be fair. <laughs> so you guys might already have this, but anyways, uh, just for the listeners, we don't know when this is coming out, but We'll, we'll, we'll be dicking around on Twitter with it, but uh, I think you'll be seeing us post a shit, a shit piece of shit ETF. Welcome to join us. Uh, it'll be cool. Start- it'll be cool to have like the time period and like have a race basically to see which one oh, yeah. gets better for six months or three months or we should do it. whatever. Let's do, Let's it. do that. We'll do, we'll do like a quarterly update versus, uh, versus TradFi. Yeah, I love Dude, <laughs> this is beautiful. Okay, beautiful. Done. All right. So I don't know when this is coming out. Maybe next week. Uh, we're going to set those two up and they'll be race. They'll be fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's perfect. That's great. Okay, that's All right. Great. Uh, talking of memes, <laughs> um, Trung, you had something hilarious this week, man, with the uh, oh, with your man. startup name and the Lux stuff. So just, I- I'm not going to give too much preface. Just share what you want to share. Just my Twitter is getting dumber and dumber every single day. <laughs> so like... <laughs> If you don't follow Trung T fan, just just please follow me because like I'm getting increasingly dumb on my Twitter. 
but the dumbness is being rewarded by the Twitter algorithm. So, so just on Tuesday, I, the dopamine was off the hooks. So I, I, had I don't two- interrupt you, Trung, but you, we're getting like, I'm trying to convey knowledge in the most succinct way possible. I'm getting bad. <laughs> yeah. Trung's yeah. content's just getting juiced, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Jack's trying to deliver value to the world. I'm literally waking up every morning, and be like, "How dumb can I get?" <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I can put out there. So, I put out, I put out this tweet, and it's just a. I mean, we everybody makes fun of startups and how they name companies and like how they talk about uh, the industries they're disrupting. So I literally just put out an image of a can opener, like one that everyone probably has in their drawer right now, and I go. Uh, it just goes that the format, the standard meme format, you know, no one, no one's talking about this. And then startups, and then the startup says, we're called can opener spelled K-A-N-O-P-N-R. We're a smart hardware company disrupting the $10 trillion global food industry. And anybody that's listening to this podcast in episode one, I talked about how I set tweets so I can wake up to dopamine drips. <laughs> so I set this one for 5.30 a.m., Oh, 5 a.m. That's an early start. I was really going for it. I wake up at 6.30. It has a thousand likes. The most likes I've ever had on a tweet when I woke up. I'm like, this thing might get to 10,000. Like, you know the vibe? And Jack, you know what I'm talking about. When a thing rips that fast and, you know, the the uh, West Coast hasn't even woken up yet, you're like, this thing's going to run. This thing's going to run. But it went completely bananas. And it, it actually wasn't like the, the biggest one. It ended up at 6,000 uh, likes. No, not that I'm counting, but uh, it, the, uh, <laughs> but I just woke up and I'm like, I'm leaning into this. So I just started, I started making logos for it. I made a fake <laughs> ad. And what people don't understand is this, like I'm, I'm trying to explain to my wife and my, my family and friends is like, I'm so fast at making dumb shit. Like, I, it, yeah, it's incredible. I think last week, uh, Tom Osman, I think a friend of ours, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know Tom that well, but he, I think he knows Jack. So I have Chinmath on notification and Chinmath tweeted something and I tweeted out a meme within two minutes. And then Tom just literally wrote underneath. He's like, Hey, hey hold on. We didn't talk about how fast you did that. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you don't understand. If this thing's hit on my phone and I see it, I'm going to be doing this. And like a minute, 90 seconds later, it's going to be out there. Well, you're yeah, mematic, Trung. Yeah. What oh, were you mat- using? For no, that? it wasn't even mematic. I, I, I used Google slide. I got so good at Google slide and video <laughs> on shop. the phone. Yeah. On the phone, dude. Like That's I literally amazing. on my phone can make like, everything on this uh we'll share the tweet but like yeah all the fake website designs and and Dude, uh logos was all done on my phone and uh it's just i've gone so so fast at it because i'll tell you why uh the listeners if you can't see the video if you're on youtube i used to sleep with my kid right so jack will know this so my kid will be in my arm like this so for the first 18 months of my kid's life he's just in his arm like this right jack you know what i'm talking about you got one hand so literally i'm like fuck i want to like i'm like i want to make like stupid photoshop shit so i literally for 18 (laughs) months got so good at mobile tools because i was like holding my kid and like i didn't want to wake him i couldn't use a laptop bro (laughs) not just sorry not just on your phone but one-handed on your phone pretty much wrap around wrap around because my kid would nap for three hours like what the fuck am i gonna do for three hours so i just got so good at these apps and uh, it's hilarious. It's so dumb. But anyways, the, the fruits are being rewarded now with the Twitter algorithm. <laughs> Mate, the screenplay, you got to fire up screenplay for this next time. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. So Jack uh, put us onto a new app. It's called Screenplay. And yeah. it's like a social app where you do shit on your screen. And uh, 
and you That's just share what you're doing. On the screen. We should yeah. do it live with people listening or, or people. Oh yeah, I'll do it. Like, you know, okay, I will do it. I'm gonna hit up the screenplay guys to show people up. how they do it. Yeah, yeah next time Chamas tweets, man, we, we want yeah. a strong screenplay. Like, <laughs> a meme competition. That's cool. So uh, that was one. The other one that I wanted to talk about super quickly, uh, not to toot my own horn, Trung T fan, follow at Trung T fan. Uh, <laughs> almost at 50,000 followers, could get wiped out tomorrow, but whatever. Uh, the other one I, I tweeted was, uh, uh, I read this article, really cool article about Rolls Royce's new design. Uh, and in the article, the guy talked about how, if you look at all the top most luxury brands in the world, they only use capital letters. I mean, Jack, I'd love your opinion on this actually. So, but so I tweeted that and I tweeted it in such a way though. Like we want to talk about like the, the methodology behind my tweets. I tweeted it in such a way where I would kind of trigger people. Uh, so I put the world's most luxury bands only use capital letters, like a, 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 an authoritative statement. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I knew I was going to get blowback. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> give me all the blowback in the world. And people then, so then people, I just give them a reason to reply and quote tweet it. Right. They, so they get to reply with, Hey, look at this luxury brand that, isn't using capital letters or they'll tweet shitty brands that will use all capital letters, but it got out of control. So I have 235 quote tweets on this. It's all, all it is, is an image of a lot of a brand and people will just say like, you know, theory confirmed and it will be like Dave and Buster's like fucking arcade is <laughs> the world's luxury brand. Right. But I'll tell you like, uh, I, I got a lot of pretty popular accounts uh, did that uh, quote tweet move like PFT commenter from uh, barstool. He has 1 million plus. He put uh, Dave and Buster's logo and he goes, yeah, story checks out. Like, fuck, this is a luxury <laughs> brand. But dude, I started getting a bunch and, and then I did one about Wendy's. Wendy's is not all caps. And I'm like, man, there's something wrong with this theory. It's not working out. But the absolute best one I got was uh, a, a, a Twitter handle at can't beat the biz. I mean, this guy probably stole your fucking value, to be honest, man. So suspicious. He tweets out the logo for Brazzers, the fucking porn site, and it's all caps. <laughs> so I just go, and dude, in the end of the day, after looking through like literally hundreds of other logos that people tweeted as a joke, the theory is completely bunked. It's just everybody uses all capital letters. <laughs> Jack, we talked about this in the past. So, um, you and your boys used to do like some sort of jackass or like some crazy show. I don't know if I hope oh, we're man, able I to speak about this. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a, um, so this, I had a friend in, uh, would be secondary school, high school for all the Americans listening who like was way before his time, man. He, uh, he owned lolcats.com. He made it like, this is like long, long, long time ago. Like, you know, in the late nineties, he's doing like, actually, is it late nineties, early two thousands. He's yeah. doing lolcats.com, which basically is like the like catalyst for memes. You know, that cheeseburger meme, the cat, the, the Your buddy did the cheeseburger meme. I don't know if he did the meme, but he started lolcats.com, which is where all that stuff was. Oh aggregated. my God. That's What's crazy. he doing now? I think he's a working. He's a developer in the UK. I, I don't is think his he name got Zuckerberg? Accounts, so he never got credit for it. Mate. <laughs> is his name Mark Zuckerberg? No. Was, you know what? Like he's like Flash developer. He's making games and stuff. Like it was just nuts. And he had lolcats.com. Anyway, we had this thing, Jackass esque. It was pathetic. Like you know, nothing uh, particularly dangerous. Just just like a bunch of fourteen year olds being knobheads. Pre YouTube though, right? Yeah. <laughs> pre YouTube. Pre this is like so was, these were yeah. like 
MOV files hosted on an FTP with, with a site that was built in HTML written code. It was a .tk domain, which is some- Oh, classic. Yeah, it's free. I used to have one of those. Thing, right? <laughs> it was called self-inflicted.tk, self-inflicted.tk, I think it was. And um, this lad who was the developer, one day he's like, oh boys, I got a new domain, si.com. No, Sports Illustrated. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's mental. And that was like, even back then, it was like si.co. You know, the internet wasn't like a huge part of your life. It's like, oh, that's pretty legit. And I think he held on to it for a little while. And then the freaking domain lapsed. And then Sports Illustrated picked it up. And uh, it lapsed. He didn't even sell it. Right. Crazy. That's crazy. That must be worth like million. Like oh, anything oh, yeah. with Man. like one or two, two letters domain. is at already that time, expensive. Millions, dude. That's insane. Wait, just to confirm. So this is like, this is like part of your first uh, interaction with the internet was your lol's cat buddy. And you guys just fucking around buying random websites. Yeah, no, we like, we were just buying a domain for this project that we were doing this dumbass jackass thing. So we could print it on the flyers that we were giving out at school, self-inflicted. And uh, he managed to get the domain. And then yes, I saw it. Oh my God, dude, that is hilarious. That's so ridiculous. So you guys were filming like Johnny Knoxville type shit. Yeah, well, you oh know, my. inspired by, but it was horrifically pathetic. Like, whoa, 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 you know, what was dangerous. it? Yeah, like what? Like, do you remember some of the, were they yeah. pranks like, and uh, stuff like that? We get in like a shopping bag, like a big, uh, uh, you know, zip up <laughs> shopping bag, like stick it on a skateboard and like wing it down a hill oh or down some God, stairs, dude. getting tractor tires, jump out of trees into ponds and stuff like that. Like it's pretty, you know, rural. That's ridiculous. Place. It was well, not dude, that. I mean, like, let's be honest, like, that's not any worse than I mean, these jackass dudes did the craziest shit, man. Yeah, that's oh true. God. Dude, it's peak jackass when Steve-O was like, I'll just tell you my, let, how about this? We'll, we'll end with this. Let's talk about our favorite jackass skits. <laughs> Steve-O dressed as a ballerina, uh, rollerblading into uh, the sewage drain pipes where all the piss, urine, and defecation goes into. He was rollerblading into the fucking water. Dude, think about how disgusting that is. So dangerous, man. It's Dude, crazy. if you have an open wound, you're going to get infected. You're, you're going to die. Yeah, you're done. Uh, so he did that one. And actually, my personal favorite wasn't uh, like a bone-breaking thing that was insane, but it's when Johnny Knoxville has a boner and he goes to the gym. So he wears a dildo and it's just so funny, man. He's got the dildo. I'm going to show you guys. So imagine the mic is there and he's spotting some dude. And he's spotting the guy on the bench press. Dude, I'm going to pull the video. We got to watch it. I think I've seen that. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen that one. That's ridiculous. Dude, that, oh my God, dude. <laughs> and then he asked some guy to spot him. So he's lying down on the bench. He's got this massive chubby. It's just so fucking funny, man. Uh, so those are my two favorites. Uh, the second one's kind of weird. Trunk, I feel like you did like some pranks in your time, no? Nothing, nothing like that, bro. Jack, what was, what, on, what's Jack. one of your favorites? I was just going to say, I don't know how you remember any of that stuff, man. I was just mental how you've got that indexed. In oh, it's, it's amazing. I watched that yesterday. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, well, if you don't have a favorite, let me add a third one. <laughs> the, uh, before they did uh, Jackass, there's a, there's a skateboarding crew. I forgot what they're called, but they had a song uh, is very politically incorrect. Um, but there's a line in the song where they go, Ho Chi Minh, shoot a load on your chin. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying and, to get one beat per episode so we yeah. <laughs> try I mean, dude, listen, that's above board man i'm vietnamese i can say whatever the fuck i want can, about ho chi Minh, man uh but ho chi Minh, shoot a load on your chin i'm like that is an incredible rhyme 
that's it maybe we should leave on that <laughs> what a beautiful poetic way to finish man <laughs> well what's um, funny is uh if anybody if any of our dozens of listeners listen to episode two and three the last time i left on like the most eloquent thing ever is like life is precious yeah. and, then, and then this episode <laughs> I mean, being like, a dad yeah i'm like man being a father has just changed my perception of life just listeners just 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 cherish every moment this week ho chi Minh, shoot a load on your chin <laughs> that's range man that's acting range dude <laughs> all right in that case great way to end yeah another episode not investment advice see you guys next week